This is the Spa Retailer Podcast, where we talk about retail, business, and all things related to the hot tub industry. I'm Megan Kendrick, owner of Spa Retailer Magazine. And I'm Jeff Bailey, owner of Spring Dance Hot Tubs in Philadelphia. This episode of the Spa Retailer Podcast is brought to you by Marquee. Welcome to another episode of the Spa Retailer Podcast. Again, without my co-host, hopefully Jeff will be able to join us again soon. Today, I'm talking to Ben Pogmiller. Ben is co-owner of Urban Life, a hot tub company in Manitoba, Canada. He is also the owner of Hungry Fox Marketing. He's been doing digital marketing long before he got into the spa business. A lot of what you'll hear Ben talk about is the typical things you would do to take a customer through the sales process and what you've trained your staff to do. What's interesting though, and what makes this conversation so relevant to right now, is he's found a way to distill the sales process that you'd normally do face-to-face into something you can do digitally and then close the deal either by phone, video, or by still having customers come into your showroom if that's possible. It was really an enjoyable conversation. We even chatted briefly about Tiger King. I got a lot out of it and I'm sure you will too. Thanks for listening. So yeah, thank you for doing this late and thank you for doing this again. It just feels weird to put out anything right now that where we don't address it. Yeah, I do. I totally know what you mean. Although I've heard some podcasts like I listen to a lot and they just have a thing at the beginning like, Hey, just so you know, this was recorded long before, you know, any of this, you know, it doesn't come up, but it's still good. You know, (laughs) we even had to do that with the last issue of the magazine because, you know, all those stories were written over a month ago. Right. And then as the week that we're going to press, everything just kind of imploded. And so it was like, FYI, yeah, it was, it was crazy. It was just like. We went to, we live in Oklahoma and we went to Oregon for a dealer conference for the Marquee Dealer Conference. They're good customers of ours and yeah. and they invited me to come and observe their conference. And just when we were leaving, you were hearing the stuff coming out of China and it was like, I know it was a little bit kind of like, I don't know, should we make this trip? Oh, it's probably fine. And then we get home and just within a couple of weeks, it was everywhere. It was just crazy just completely blew up everything. <laughs> What's it like where you are at? Up in, you're, you're near Winnipeg in Manitoba, right? Yeah. So I live in Winnipeg and our store is near Winnipeg. And so things, we're a little bit behind on the timeline of a lot of other places. So the province next to us, Ontario, is like the most populated province and most densely populated. And right. we're a little bit further along the timeline. So whatever happens there is happening to us kind of a week later. But we don't have huge population density. Like it's it's a city and everything, but it's not like it's a major metropolitan area. Like right. there's maybe like a million people in the area, which is a lot, but it's not like everybody's kind of got their space. And so yeah, our country store is is not too bad. Like we don't have a ton of foot traffic coming in. Like we are allowed to stay open. We're lucky that way um, that we are deemed an essential business because we deal in home sanitation with chemicals and all that. And we do home repair right. with repairing hot tubs because you don't want someone's hot tub becoming a bacteria cesspool at the wrong time, right? So we're we're still an essential business and and as long as we're keeping space, we're allowed to stay open, but that could really change at any day. So 
So right. far, our cases are relatively low here, but they are creeping up by the day. So like like yeah. everywhere else, pretty much. So That's kind of how I feel about where we live is that in Oklahoma, and we're outside of Oklahoma City, so it's kind of the same numbers as you guys, where it's like, we've got about a million people in our metropolitan area. But yeah, you have a lot of space. We're not using a lot of public transportation. Everyone pretty much just gets in their car and drives from parking lot to parking lot. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. So, so yeah, we don't have some of those ways that viruses get spread as they have been in, in the cities. But yeah, our cases are still creeping up. Things are mostly mostly shut down, although the kind of the same thing, a lot of, you know, the essential services are still open and and so far that's that's okay. But yeah, you just don't know that could change at any time, like you said. Right, right. And uh, up here in certain places, they're starting to put a halt to all new construction. So mm -hmm. if you started a project, you can continue it, but yeah. that means you can't start anything new. And so- what that's going to do to the pool industry, I don't know this year, right? And right. so I'm wondering what that's going to do to swim spa sales. Oh, yeah. Because you we know, can that's still true. deliver those all day long. So, <laughs> yeah, no, that's yeah. true. I mean, it is maybe a silver lining for the hot tub industry is the <laughs> maybe some bad things happening on the pool side. Absolutely. So there's always always a silver lining somewhere, I guess. It's, it's kind of weird. You know, I was talking to some people and I, it's really hard it's hard when people are truly in a dire situation to talk about silver linings for your business. It feels a little weird, you know, It does. <laughs> but at the it... same time, but at the same time, we have to survive and we have to find ways to survive. And, and some of that is, you know, talking about these things and seeing where can we possibly find some new revenue that we weren't looking for before. And that might be one of them. I mean, you, you just, it feels weird to talk about it in those terms. It feels weird to talk about money and things like that right now, but we have to, I and mean, we have to figure out what we're going to do. Right. And if you employ people, you want to keep those people employed, right? And you're not yes. this endless fountain of money that can keep paying your people and you don't want to leave oh, people off. About it. It's a horrible thing to have to do, right? And so yeah, um, we just have to get creative with our offers. And at the end of the day, if you truly believe that your product or service helps people, then you're doing them a service by selling them something. It's not that right. you're trying to be opportunistic. It's not like we're war profiteers or something like that. You know, it's, no, it's yeah. that we're bringing backyard fun to people that are stuck at home and can't go on vacations. Like, I think mm -hmm. that's a great thing to be able to provide people. So Yeah. And something that I've seen on our, our last episode of the podcast, I talked to Don Riley and the owner of Olympic Hot Tub in Seattle about was... Um, He's really pushing this idea of uh, having a safe haven, of creating a safe haven at, yes. at your home. And I think that is so smart because you're because you're not discounting people's fear and you're not trying to say, oh, look at this fun time that you're having because it's not, <laughs> yeah. you know, but it's really saying, look, you are stuck at home. Let's make it a safe, healthy, happy place for you while you're there. And I think it's I think that's really smart wording that he had suggested. Yeah, I thought that was a great episode. I was actually listening to that one while doing our grocery shopping where I felt oh, really? <laughs> well, I felt very unsafe. You know what I mean? And like all yeah. li listening to that, all I wanted to do was go home and jump in my hot tub. Like it made oh, me feel same. that way. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, like it, sure. it worked on me and it kind of gave me a new kind of positioning to think about, right? That it is safe and it's it's the one place you can be with your family and be totally safe. So to catch our listeners up, we had recorded another a completely other episode, you and me and Jeff, which I Jeff is not on this one again too. And he will be back. I just, you know, it is 
it's hard enough for us to coordinate our schedules. And right now it's just impossible between my shortened work hours with having, you know, the kids home all the time and him trying to Philadelphia where he is at is completely shut down. And so it's just been utter madness for him trying to figure out what to do. And so we're just giving it, we're just giving everyone the space they need. Yeah, I'm sure he's got a lot on his plate. (laughs) Yeah, like everybody does right now. But so yeah, we had talked to you about a month ago and kind of had that episode all ready to go. And then this all happened and it just felt weird to put it out. I mean, it was still good information and we'll still talk about a lot of that same stuff now in this one, but it just seemed like we needed to put it in a whole new context, um, especially since we were talking about, about marketing and digital advertising and all of that. It just seems that while a lot of what you do might not change and how you do it might not change. I feel like right now your message is going to be a lot different than it would have been a month ago. Yeah, exactly. And so when we talked before, I think a lot of the strategies I was talking about would be a a nice to have thing, or or you might want to think about implementing some of these things. But I feel like now I'm on, I, I would double down on that and say it's a must now. It's ne- ne- a necessity. And you know, you have no option but to try to drive leads online and try to sell remotely, which we've, I don't want to say I've completely cracked the code, but um, I did sell a couple tubs, like almost 100% remotely this week without oh, ever, that's great. without meeting the people face to face. Or if I did, it was for, you know, 10 minutes to seal the deal. And that was it. So yeah. um, we've got, we're on to something with that. <laughs> so yeah. we, can, we can get into that. No, that's great. Yeah, I definitely want to hear all of the details about how you did that. But let's give everybody a little bit of your background and so that they know why we're talking to you about digital marketing at all. Ah, of course, yeah. <laughs> you own a hot tub company there in the Winnipeg area, but you came from a background in marketing and you own a marketing agency, correct? Yes. So after bouncing around from job to job and trying to find my direction in life, I kind of fell by accident into marketing and online advertising. And so I've been running an agency for the last few years, but uh, there's always been kind of a, a tickle in the back of my mind that I've wanted to own a local business of my own. And so um, a friend and I that we uh, we ran a store out of our locker in high school together, um, we had always kind of kicked around the idea of starting a business together or owning a business. And so we bounced ideas back and forth. And then one day, you know, he was always scouring the the business listings for businesses for sale. And we saw a pool and hot tub business for sale. We kind of talked about it a little bit. It was an idea we could get excited about, talked to our wives about it, and they kind of got into it as well. It was kind of a project we could all work on together. One thing kind of led to another. And at one point or another, we ended up owning a pool and hot tub business. And so um, <laughs> unlike most people who come from inside the industry, where maybe they their parents own the business or they started out, you know, in as a pool guy or a hot tub service guy and worked their way up and started their own company or people who are inside the industry. Like we came to it from completely outside the industry. So me as a marketer and my friend as an accountant, we thought uh, this would be a great industry to apply our skills to. We worked really hard to try and kind of crack the code as business owners rather than coming up as pool and hot tub guys, if that makes sense. No, absolutely. And I, you know, I always... I always like to hear where people have come from and kind of what their origin stories are. And you're right. You don't hear a lot of of that from in our industry. Usually, like you said, someone kind of got into the industry on accident. They uh, 
you know, were looking for a summer job or they just needed a stopgap in between jobs. You know, they were a salesman and next thing they know, it's 30 years later and now they own a hot tub business and that's all they know. <laughs> yeah. Well, once you fall in love with it, it's hard to get out. <laughs> well, yeah, that's, that's the truth. But I do, I mean, I do love when I hear people who come from completely different backgrounds and were just looking for a good business opportunity and saw the hot tub industry and said, that's it. Because especially someone who's younger, I mean, can I ask you how old you are? I am 32 years old at the time of recording this. So Okay. Okay. <laughs> oh, do you have a birthday coming up? Uh, no, in October. But okay, okay. maybe someone will say 30 years from now, they'll dig it up from the ashes of our society and, <laughs> and hear this. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Well, but I mean, I think that in our industry, we talk a lot about how those business owners, the people who kind of were the founders of the industry, are getting to retirement age and and they're kind of ready to move on and do something else. Well, not do something else. They're ready to retire and do nothing and enjoy their success. <laughs> mm -hmm. And I think it's encouraging to hear that there are people who don't know anything about our industry and are outside our industry and can look at this and say, this is a good business to be in. Because there is some fear that these people are going to start retiring. And there's going to be nobody to take over their businesses. Right. And sometimes it's a generational thing, like they'll pass it down to the next generation. But if that right. isn't a possibility, then you either have to sell or just unfortunately shut the business down. And that's yeah, sad to see if that's what happens. Well, I'm glad that you and your, your business partner decided to take on the hot tub industry. <laughs> when we first started emailing with each other, you were talking a lot about Facebook advertising and how you'd put together a system where you were really having success finding leads online and Facebook in particular, and actually getting them to buy hot tubs, which I feel like in our industry, people talk about a lot, but it doesn't seem to, there's not, there hasn't been a full buy-in yet on that from our industry, I guess you could say. Right. Well, I mean, it's, it's where the eyeballs are these days and the cheap eyeballs too, because, you know, I'm getting pitched by radio stations all the time and print media is always approaching me to advertise and things like that. Hey man, don't knock, don't knock the print and, media. <laughs> and, and, and I think your print media is great because it's very niche specific, but I mean, sure. you know, in the local newspaper that's going out to anyone and everyone, it's not the same thing, right? Yours is hyper-targeted to a Sure. It's market. not, it's, yeah, it's not as qualified as, as something like a trade magazine would be. Yeah, exactly. And so it's just so enormously expensive to get your offer in front of people. The other thing I've, I've found is that a lot of these things are just not trackable. Or if they are, it's a very complicated process to try and track these things, right? So um, a lot of the retailers that I've, I've spoken with, they'll put a radio ad out there. They might do a TV ad. And they'll say, well, I guess sales went up, so it must have worked, but they have no idea how many buyers those ads actually produced. So the great thing about digital advertising, if you're doing it properly, is that you are able to track to the penny how many buyers you're producing, how many leads you're producing, and what happened to them after they signed up as a lead so that you know exactly how many dollars you made. Just for a quick example, I calculated some of our spend. So we spent about $5,000 on Facebook last year. I, I would have liked to have spent more, but we had some things in the business. Like we had to move the entire business in the middle of the summer and <laughs> uh, because uh, the owner sold the building and we had to leave and all kinds of different things. But we spent about $5,000 on Facebook and I've been able to directly attribute at least $100,000 in hot tub sales from those ads directly. And yeah. that's not to mention people who saw the ad and just came in and didn't say anything about it. Like, sure. I mean, uh, that's a pretty good, pretty yeah. good ROI for advertising. For sure. And it's so it's so accurate and trackable that we know exactly where those people came from. It's a very handy tool to have when you're trying to spend your money smartly. 
So a lot of retailers I know that I've spoken to have spent money on all these different things, like they're promoting a sale or something like that. And, uh, and they can see roughly how many sales, but they don't know which ads on which platforms actually generated those sales. So you could be spending $5,000 on radio and $5,000 on Facebook, but you could have completely wasted the $5,000 on radio. <laughs> and if you had just put more into Facebook or more into another platform and really known where to spend your money wisely, then you could have probably produced even more. How do you track if your sale is coming from someone on Facebook? I mean, that's the great thing about digital advertising is you can see exactly who clicked on what, when, and all of that. But then at some point, they have to actually come into your store or at this point, call you or FaceTime you or whatever they're going to do and, and buy it. How do you know that that person is a Facebook person? Yeah, that's a great question. And so there's there's different types of digital ads you can run. And you know, when I got into this business, I did a lot of research on the marketing in this industry. And so I studied dozens of different retailers. And what I found was a lot of the advertising, if they were doing it digitally, was things like, save $5,000 on a hot tub, come in today, or call us for more details or things like that. And when you have a call to action like that, you're not really able to track that very well. And so it may work or it may not. And you can kind of ask people where they saw you and they may give you an answer, but maybe they saw you in three different places. You don't really know which one actually sealed the deal, right? But um, in all the ads that we put out, we're almost always trying to get people to fill out a form of some kind with their information. And so when we're organic posting on our page, we may be a little more soft on that. Like it's a little bit more of a soft call to action. But if we're doing paid advertising, it's always trying to get people to fill out their name, email address, and phone number. And so when you do that, now you've got their information. And anything that happens after that, you know where they came from. So it's really just as simple as putting it in a spreadsheet. And then you know, when someone buys, you can always go back to that spreadsheet and see if they're in there. And then you'll know yeah. they came from your Facebook ads. And you can also track your lead cost really directly as well. So you can always yeah. know exactly how many leads you're getting for how many dollars and what's happening to those leads. It's so simple and yet you don't do it. <laughs> you feel, I mean, so many people don't do it. I mean, I know we don't always do it. I mean, we would do some Facebook advertising in, over the years and I'm not sure that we have tracked it that well either. So... <laughs> Yeah, it's a very powerful tool to have. And so most ad platforms will have something called a pixel. And what that is, is right. a little piece of code you can put on any page on your website. And that does two things. So the first thing it does is it can tell you, and it, not with their own personal information, because you know Facebook and Google, they'll keep that private. They don't give out people's information. But you can tell uh, where people drop off. So for example, if you see a lot of people clicking to your form, but not a lot of people click uh, filling out the form, then maybe there's something wrong with your form page that's that's not right or turning people off. And so yeah. you can use the pixel to find out how many people are going through the process and where they're dropping off and how many people are becoming leads. So Facebook can actually track how many leads you're getting for how many dollars. And it can actually optimize for that. Meaning the more people you get into your system, the smarter Facebook gets at finding people similar to those people. So if you tell Facebook, hey, I want more leads, it's going to say, okay, you've got this many people as leads before, we're just going to go try and find more people that match the same profile as the people who already filled out the form. And so it's able to get smarter and smarter and smarter as you go. And that's the one power of the pixel. The other power of the pixel is that you can do retargeting. So if you've ever been on Amazon or on a hardware store or an e-commerce site or something like that, and you're browsing around, and then you see an ad from that same place five minutes later, that's retargeting. They've 
they know that you've been to their site and then they're sending ads to people who have been to their site. And so the pixel can track people that way so that you can serve them with ads over and over again, because if they were interested before, they'll be interested again. And so you can double down on that. It's pretty freaky when you are just, you know, thinking you're innocently and privately (laughs) clicking around on the internet. And next thing you know, those socks that you looked at follow you for the next five days. (laughs) Yeah, it is a little scary. And and I try not to think about it too, too much, but it's a great, it's a great benefit to the advertiser. And if it makes anyone feel better, like the big companies like Facebook and Google, first of all, they don't care what you do. They don't care about you individually at all. You're just bits and bytes in their system. And the end advertiser never gets that information. So if Megan Kendrick came to my website and browsed these hot tubs, like I'll never know that unless she fills out a form saying that she did, right? It's just, you're just building audiences of people. So there's no no individuality to it at all, if that makes anyone That's true. Yeah, Yeah. it probably depends on your general feelings about it, (laughs) whether or not that makes me feel better. Yeah, I don't know. Um, So are you, as far as the forms and all of that and the tracking goes, are you doing the same thing for just regular content that you're putting out on social media and and digitally, or are you doing that only on the advertising? It's mostly through the advertising, but what we'll do is when, typically anyway, so if someone goes to my Facebook page, they may not see this with every post, but for the most part, like for example, if I'm doing a piece on, you know, a hot tub or something like that. I'll have a soft call to action, like see comments below for a free hot tub buying guide or something like that. And then Mm -hmm. in the comments, I'll put the link to uh, a form where they can fill out for a buying guide or something like that. So um, there's always some element of that in there. It doesn't always produce a ton of results, but it's nice to have in there in case people do that. And if they see enough of your content at one point, yeah, maybe they'll fill out that form. So it's always good to have something like that in there. I was going to ask you, I mean, how important do you think it is the content that you're putting out, kind of that content marketing piece versus the paid advertising piece. I mean, can you do one or the other? Do you need a good combination of both? What do you think that mix should look like? Yeah, that's a great question. I think you need both because a few years ago, Facebook really killed organic reach. So it used to be a long time ago that, you know, if you posted on something on Facebook, everyone who liked your page would probably see it. But now the newsfeed has gotten so congested And there's so much content on the platform now that Facebook has to pick and choose what it shows you. So unfortunately, a small local business probably goes to the bottom of the heap unless, you know, you're constantly liking or commenting on their stuff. Then Facebook knows you like it and they'll show you more of it to keep you on the platform longer. And so that organic content, not a lot of people who like your page will actually see it. But it is still important to have it in case someone is researching you or the people who do like your page will will see it sometimes, especially if they've been looking at other hot tub stuff online. And so it's really important to have that piece in there. But paid advertising is really where most of the results come from. But it's kind of like a a self-feeding system because a residual effect of paid advertising is that more people will just like your page as a side effect because they like what you put there. They like your ad, so they're going to like your page to maybe get more offers or things like that. And so you're kind of building your audience that way too. So it's kind of like a one hand feeds the other sort of thing. I think it can be really discouraging for people because they're like, I feel like we're spending all this time and effort on Facebook and on this content and doing all this stuff. And then we might get, you know, three likes, <laughs> you know, and it just feels like we're not really accomplishing a whole lot. But if you don't have that stuff, Like you said, if someone starts researching your business and they go to your Facebook page and you haven't posted anything since 2015, I mean, you know, they judge you for that. Yep. It looks weird. 
and it's not that hard to put out regular content like i we had a slow day in the showroom one day so i basically just wrote down like every question anyone has ever asked me about hot tubs and i just recorded a one minute video answering all of them and so I recorded like 50 or 60 one minute videos in a day <laughs> just because yeah. I was bored. And then I just drip those out over time and you can just keep reusing them over and over again because it's not like people are going to remember that you posted it before and you can put a slightly different spin on it. And the other side effect is that now you have this content that lives online that you can link to anytime you want to. So for example, lately what I've been doing is if people are asking me questions through email or you know they're a prospect and I think they might want more information, then I can just link right to that video and say, hey, I recently recorded this video on this very topic that you're asking about. Check it out here. So it's not like you can't repurpose that content over and over again. Can I give us a plug? <laughs> of course. <laughs> this is your so podcast. I don't, uh, there we go, right? <laughs> so I don't think that very many people realize that we also, in addition to Spa Retailer, which is our trade magazine, we also have a property called Spa Search, which is like a consumer buyer's guide for hot tubs. And we've been working a lot about this year. One of our big goals is putting a lot of that content out on Facebook and social media. Up until now, it's mostly just lived in the print version, which we have gotten rid of. And so now we're trying to push all of that stuff out online. And it's it's really just basic hot tub information covering, like you said, kind of all of those questions and things that people want to know about hot tubs. If anyone out there who is looking for some free content, check us out on Facebook, Spa Search, Facebook or Instagram, and you know, feel free to repost to your heart's content because you know, you'll have some content that's coming from a independent source and it's I I think fairly reliable and <laughs> <laughs> and so, you know, you can save yourself a little trouble if you want and and just give us a little just give us a little repost there. I will definitely be checking that out. Okay, good. <laughs> so how do you make sure that you are finding the right people? I, I think this is one of the things that is so powerful about digital marketing is how tightly you can hone that audience and really find the people that you think are going to buy your products. Yeah, that's a great question. So I wish I had been in the hot tub business a few years ago because the Facebook targeting was a lot better back then, but they've removed a lot of those great options uh, because of privacy reasons. But there's no reason that you can't find the people you want to find today. Um, you used to be able to target homeowners specifically, uh, income, things like that, um, but that's no longer the case. But um, you can still find ways around that. And so Typically, what we'll do is uh, we'll let Facebook do a lot of the heavy lifting because their algorithm is so smart, so much smarter than me that I'm not going to be able to outwit it. And so if you start getting some results, like we talked about earlier, Facebook can really optimize for that. And so if you are telling Facebook that, hey, we want more leads, then it's going to find more people that are likely to be a lead as opposed to people who just like to click on things or like to you know comment on things or whatever. Like they know who's responding to ads and who's not. And yeah. so as long as you kind of dial in the basics, then Facebook will mostly do the rest. That being said, we do have some targeting that we do. So it's not good enough to just throw an ad to the local area like because you're going to get anyone and everyone. So our kind of rules of thumb are 30 or older. I don't think we have many people or anyone under 30 who's bought a hot tub from us. Uh, it's typically yeah. a more mature disposable income product. The other thing is we typically target married people because I don't think we've had any single people buy hot tubs from us. And and really it's just about, you know, if you've ever heard of the Pareto principle, like 80-20 in your results, right? So sure, you 
you may feel tempted to try to target anyone and everyone because, hey, maybe there's this, you know, 18-year-old tech superstar app developer that might buy a hot tub from me. But the chances of that are so unlikely that you really just want to go where the easy, low-hanging fruit is. And for us, the low-hanging fruit is married people 30 or older. Typically, that's good enough. The impressions are so much cheaper on Facebook than than most other advertising platforms that you can afford to show your ad to some people who aren't a good fit as long as the people who are a good fit are still signing up. What that means is you almost want to use your creative as a filtering tool as well. We don't really put prices in our ads, but you also want to make it seem like, hey, these things are not cheap. This isn't your big box store, $3,000 hot tub or, or whatever, right? Like this is a premium product and you want to present it that way. You know, anyone who's looking for that is probably not going to be a good fit for us. And your ad creative should kind of call that out. So the only people who are responding are really people who are actually interested in what you're offering. And then there's other ways if you're having trouble or your audience is still super huge, you can target homeowners by uh, certain targeting interests. Like for example, you know, you might target a home building or a DIY store or something like that. Like sure, people from apartments may want that, but it's not that common, right? And so you're kind of just drilling down deeper and deeper into the interests of someone who is a homeowner, right? And so you can kind of do it that way as well, but generally leave it pretty wide open. 30 plus married. Often we get most of our results from women and why that is, I'm not sure. I think women just tend to respond to Facebook ads more than men. And I don't know why that is. It's not a not a sexist remark. It's just what the data tells us, right? So, Do you think it's that they respond more to Facebook ads? Or do you think that it's because they're the ones who are typically deciding what goes in the home? <laughs> well, that too. They're usually the decision maker. But uh, I run Facebook ads for a variety of different businesses with the digital yeah. agency I own. And, and we found that typically women is is the easier targeting than men for a lot of different Yeah, things. okay. So it doesn't necessarily mean, so as far as Facebook goes, it doesn't necessarily matter like what kind of product it is. Women are more likely to click on it. Yeah, yeah, huh, more or less. I mean, I don't take that as gospel, but it's just well, like sure. the, the trend yeah. that I've seen anyway. You know, you mentioned using the ad creative to kind of weed people out a little bit. I wanted to ask you from our conversation a couple of weeks ago to our conversation now, yep. Has your creative and has your tone changed in what you're putting out on social media? Or is it still is it still about the same as what you were doing before? Only very slightly. So most of our advertising is about the same. And we'll, we can get into exactly what we're offering and how we're offering it and how we're presenting it. Because I know we talked about that uh, last mm-hmm. time. So I, I would like to get into that again. But just as an overall, we haven't really changed that much. We've our organic content, like on Facebook and stuff like that, posting on our page, we definitely want people to know like, hey, we're still open, <laughs> you know, and and we're still selling and we're still doing stuff. So I'm still putting up videos of like me in the showroom, walking through the different models. I did a, I did a virtual tour of the showroom the other day. Um, I did a virtual tour of our display swim spa that we have because it's really just the next best thing to having someone come into the showroom. So I'm doing a lot sure. of video content. So people like feel like they're coming to the store, even if they're not. So we've definitely made a shift that way. And I know a lot of retailers are kind of pushing the whole staycation angle and, you know, uh, really addressing the situation head on. Mm -hmm. And I think there's some merit to that. Like I definitely see where they're coming from, but I've been spying on some people and I'm not going to call anyone out, but I see some people kind of walking the line of bad taste in terms of, obviously I know that most business owners are not trying to directly capitalize or be opportunistic about the situation out there right now, but it can certainly come across that way. 
if you're yeah. you know hawking your wares hey coronavirus got you down have a staycation in your backyard you know it's a little yeah. it's a little hacky right and so yeah. what i found is that people don't really need reminding of what's going on it's attacking mm-hmm. them from all angles every day so i don't think it's a really far stretch for people to make that connection themselves that a hot tub would be a great thing to have right now. I don't think we need to really bash them over the head with it. So yeah. there's maybe a little sprinkle of that, but not nothing crazy. So we actually yeah. haven't changed too much what we're doing. That makes me kind of curious again. So about what you have been doing, it, it makes me guess. And of course, we talked about this before, so I kind of already know. Yeah. <laughs> but I imagine that this means that you are most likely selling the experience over over selling based on price or this particular sale or this, we have this particular feature on our hot, hot tub. It seems like probably what you guys are focusing on then, if you haven't had to change your advertising much, is this is the experience that you could have with a hot tub in your own backyard. Yeah, basically. It's not it's not anything to do with sales or anything like that because I mean, the traditional sale is may not even happen this year, right? So when I got into this business, I really, really wanted to find a way to come up with some kind of evergreen type of marketing, meaning uh, not relying on having a couple huge event sales every year or relying on home shows with these big kind of orders that you're putting in for hot tubs and really having to make a ton of sales all at once to make your year. Like that idea just kind of scared me, right? So I wanted to find something that would generate sales for us month in and month out in between big events during the slow months, consistently producing results. And so I'm kind of glad that I started working on this a year ago because it's really coming in handy now because home shows aren't happening. You know, big parking lot sales probably aren't happening. And if you did do one, it would be a real headache to try and explain to people that don't come all at once, like, or, or, (laughs) you know, like it's just not the same as it used to be. The tone has changed. Right. And so even if you did have a big parking lot sale and you were taking all the proper precautions, I'm not sure you'd get a ton of people coming. I don't know. The the whole tone of society has changed right now. You talked about doing the videos earlier and of show, you know, you showing off the showroom and stuff. And I think that that's something that's smart too, not just showing off your showroom, but making it kind of personal and, you know, letting people see you and talk to you as kind of the business owner. I think that it seems like right now, what you really need to put out there is personal and genuine. And like you said, not hacky or salesy. Cause I think right now that's just going to be a huge turnoff to people and also not saccharin. Um, <laughs> right. And that could be just me, but I keep seeing, you know, anytime I turn on the television right now, I keep seeing these really, I mean, saccharin is the best word I can think of it ads from these big marketers about how we're all in this together and we're here for you. And I'm from Quicken Loans and I really care about you. And it's like, oh, I just can't, I just can't buy that. Yeah. Also, <laughs> you know, so it's like you can go, of our staff too. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, yeah, exactly. So it's like, you know, it's, it can go, you don't want to go too, you don't want to make too light of it. And you also don't want to be too heavy where it's like, come on now, let's, I know that the, CEO of Quicken Loans isn't really worried about me making my mortgage payment. <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. It sounds like what you're doing is a good balance of those things where it's not too focused, uh, not too hacky, <laughs> not yeah. too, you know, kumbaya. <laughs> it's basically just, hey, we're here. This is what we've got. And uh, if you'd like to know more, let me know. And we've generated yeah. a significant amount of interest just from that. Have you seen those numbers 
peak some. I know, for instance, like our email open rates lately have just sort of been off the charts. And one, I think it's because our particular audience are just kind of starved for information about what do I do right now? But there's, I'm hearing the same thing from them, like, like Don said, where his email open rates have just been crazy, because I think people are at home and on their phones and maybe not working and looking for something to do. Absolutely. The biggest difference that I've seen lately, and part of it may be seasonality now that we're coming into spring, but what I've noticed is not just the number of leads we've gotten has gone up, but the responsiveness of the leads has gone up. Mm. So it's not just open rates, but people responding. And so to our follow-up, and so we can get into follow-up a little bit later, but I've always had a pretty good system of following up with online leads. But now I'm just finding I'm almost overrun with people responding. <laughs> like I'm having a hard time keeping up at the moment. Um, oh, really? It, which, is, which is why we're talking at nine o'clock at night and yeah. not uh, during the day. <laughs> yeah. And it just, it seems like there was a two week period there uh, when this all hit that everything just kind of died. And I think people yeah. were just in shock or something. Right. And mm-hmm. so all of the ads that I've been running for different businesses, they'd all just kind of died for about two weeks. And then in the last like week or so, everything has just started to pick up again across different industries. Like people are just getting more used to the situation now and starting to get on with their life in their own way and starting yeah. to respond to ads again. And it has really, really picked up in the last little while. So, Yeah, I, I think that, that I think that makes sense. I mean, just thinking about my own life and kind of how this has all played out. You kind of had those two weeks where you're like, oh, okay, so schools may close for a little while. We just got to survive these next couple of weeks and then we'll get back to real life. And then it was sort of the shock of, okay, we're not going to have normal life again for a while. And so we're going to have to figure out how to make this work where we're at. And now we're kind of getting into the groove of, all right, this is what our regular day is going to look like now that we're all home together and we're going to, you know, figure it out. So I think that makes sense to kind of that timeline of uh, survival shock and now maybe some acceptance and let's figure out how to do this. Yep, exactly. And so now we've got our kids sorted out and and they're in a routine now. So now it's time we have some more time for life. I mean, kind of. <laughs> kind of, yeah. <laughs> Between homeschooling sessions. Uh, yeah. Oh, man, I'm so bad at it. I am so bad at it. Um, <laughs> but I do want to talk about your system and the follow-up because that is a really important part of this because it's it's easy to throw something out there and then not know what to do with it once you start to get start hearing from people or not have a an organized system so you're not really sure where you're at in the process with people. If you are okay with it, I'd love to start with what we're putting in our ads and how we're generating leads and that kind of stuff because that does tie into how we follow up with them as well. And we can definitely get into that because I've got a whole system kind of templated out by now yeah. for following up with these leads too that has generated some pretty pretty good sales for us. That's a great place to take a break and hear from our sponsor. When we come back, Ben will break down exactly what they do to acquire and convert their Facebook leads. Marquise Vector 21 Hot Tubs feature Vector Optimized Laminar Therapy, VOLT, which delivers up to 40% more flow volume, specifically engineered to achieve laminar flow. Variable velocity valves, V3, throttle 0 to 100% of the available water flow between multiple seats or to only one seat. Conal jet pods are softer on the skin surface. Directional jet pods offer more targeted sensation to the muscle mass. Orbital jet pods rotate dynamically to create a kneading sensation. Specialized massage seat configurations include deep tissue, relaxation, shiatsu, or Swedish massage. The Whitewater 4Jet is a high-flow therapy innovation located in the footwell to enhance the benefits of leg and foot massage. Visit MarquiseBoz.com for more information. 
let's start at the beginning. Okay, cool. So when I got into this business, I was really researching a lot of different retailers and just kind of seeing what they were doing and even the manufacturers too. And what I found was that a lot of it was very price-based. It was all about, you know, save $4,000 on a hot tub, you know, end Sunday or, you know, all these different kind of offers that were time-based offers or they were financing offers for a limited time and that kind of stuff in order to create urgency. And I kind of thought the opposite. I thought, well, what could I do to attract people without any urgency? And then just be there for them when they're ready. (laughs) How could I do that, right? And so I started thinking about it. I realized that a lot of people were going after the prospects who are ready to buy right now. And that's great. Like It's so great to be able to put out an ad and have people respond and get sales right away. We definitely do that. But what about all the people who aren't ready just yet? Or the people who are just thinking about buying a hot tub? People who are earlier in the buying process? Because price-based offers are really for people who are already set on getting a hot tub and they're just now trying to get the best deal possible. And that's great. But a lot of those people are price shoppers or they just really want the best discount. And it just becomes like a feeding frenzy between retailers. And so I thought, what if I could get people earlier in the buying process and really treat them like a human being with empathy and with understanding and just trying to walk them through the process of buying a hot tub. Like, what if I did that? How would that play out? And so I thought, like, what would attract someone who's thinking about buying a hot tub? Well, we've got a couple different things. And some of it is just having really good content that people will exchange their information for. So we kind of alluded to it earlier. It could be a buying guide or a hot tub price guide. Because what we found is a lot of people don't actually know what a good hot tub costs. Like they think, you know, right. I've got, I've got $5,000, you know, to spend, you know, what can I get for that? And if you're a high-end retailer with a really reputable brand, it's probably not going to get you much. It might get you the the, yes. u- the used tub at the back of the showroom, right? Like that's, yeah. that's what we've yeah. got for people like that. People just don't know. And so if you have a pricing guide, that works really well. And just different like pieces of content that are going to help people through the buying process. And people will exchange their email for that. There is nothing more frustrating to me as a consumer than thinking about something and wanting to do something and not being able to figure out anywhere how much it costs until I'm in front of somebody. And then I realize that it's way out of my price range and I'm totally embarrassed that I even thought this was something that I could afford. (laughs) It's a terrible feeling to be like, oh, never mind. Uh, Thanks. (laughs) We'll leave now. (laughs) Yeah. And it really makes people gun shy, right? And so I think even if you do get people like that coming through, it's really important to treat them with respect. And I think there's maybe a temptation to be jaded and feel like, oh, you know, they're just cheapos and I don't want anything to do with them. But really it's, it just comes down to fit, right? Like that person is just not a good fit for you. And there are plenty of people out there who are a good fit for you. And that's, that's totally fine. They can do what they do. And it's totally okay with me. It's all about being kind of casual about it. So that's one way is to just give people kind of a guide and just to tell them the things they don't know that they don't know. And so yeah, that's kind of number one. Number two, the thing that worked has worked really well for us and kind of exploded for us in the last little while is we put out a $500 gift card towards any new hot tub. And so we have it built into our pricing. We specifically did our showroom pricing this way that, you know, we can knock about $500 to $1,000 off and still be fine in our margins. So we have a few different prices. This is our like ideal price to sell to someone. This is our nice to have price. And if someone's really going to grind us down, then we have this one and we're still going to be okay. What we found is, and I don't believe this is disingenuous at all, is that what we found is that people love the grind. We call it the grind in our store, that people love to feel like they got one over on you and got the best deal. 
And so if that of means course. if that means going, hey, you know what? For you, I'll knock another five hundred bucks off this price. They feel like mm-hmm. they've they've won, right? And so we've actually tested this. Like when we first started out, we just had our price, and this is our price, and we we've, we've given you the best deal we possibly can. Um, we could have priced it higher, but we decided to do it this way. People still wanted a deal off of that, right? Um, but we found that we actually sold more tubs by raising our prices and then knocking it back to what we originally wanted to sell it for. <laughs> and so it's just funny because people just want to feel like they got the deal, right? Well, that's interesting because you see that different strategy, you know, in at certain car dealerships. Like some of them are, say, you know, are like, this is the price and others are let you haggle. And so that's interesting that you have found that to be you know, for you guys that people want to be able to get that extra money off. I mean, of course it feels good, but. <laughs> yeah. And so we know in our margins that we'll be okay. So what we yeah. did was we put out a $500 gift card. It never expires. And so they can use it whenever they want. You can put terms and conditions on it. Like if we're doing, uh, you know, a fancy financing plan where we have to pay a big fee to our financing partner, like it doesn't apply to that if you want a special deal on like a really low interest rate or something or, you know, it's not for used tubs. It has to be a brand new tub. Like you can put some terms on it. Sure. But the idea is that when you're ready, this will be waiting for you kind of thing. Yeah. And so it's a really great strategy because it's not putting a lot of pressure on people to act now. And so you're just building this database of people who are thinking about buying a hot tub that you'll have this pond where people are swimming around that you can fish out all year long when yeah. they're ready. And how great, I mean, talk to me a little bit about the wording of calling it a gift card versus a discount or anything else. I mean, obviously that was probably a choice. Yes, it was very deliberate. And I can't take total credit for it. I got it from a marketing mentor of mine. So uh, his name is (laughs) Dean Jackson, if you want to look him up. He's a brilliant marketing mind that I think could help everyone listening to this. But his reasoning is that a gift card actually carries monetary value, whereas a discount is just money floating in the air. There's, it's not has no real tangible, you know, meaning to anyone, right? So, if you chose to buy this, then you'd get this discount. But I don't know about you, but I've never thrown out or discarded or deleted a gift card that someone has sent me, even if I never no. use it. You always hang on to it. Yes, I have. I have a stack of them in my desk that I always forget about. But yes, I will never throw those away. <laughs> yeah, and it just feels like real value. And the thing is, yeah. we never actually deliver people a physical gift card. This is just a PDF that we're sending to them when they sign up for it. But the word gift card just has a different meaning than discount, right? And so a discount could come and go, take it or leave it. But a gift card, who's going to pass that up, right? Especially right. if it never expires. So there was, yeah, there was definitely a deliberate strategy behind that. Have you seen in the past few weeks, any of those people holding onto their gift card who finally, who've decided that this is the time? <laughs> Absolutely. Yes. We, we get people coming back to us all the time and we do a lot of reactivation campaigns. So we've got that pond of people swimming around. Like we definitely are throwing our line in there with, through email and through different methods like Facebook messaging and email to follow up with these people and ask them if now is the time. And, and if it is, then they're they're ready to go. But the really funny thing is that people sign up for this gift card, but very rarely do people actually come in with it. <laughs> they, uh, oh, they, they forget all about it. And so we always give them a really good deal if we know where they came from. So we're not deliberately ripping people off at all. But we find that the $500 gift card was just the bait to get them into our system. But when they actually come in, 
They just want a hot tub. They actually forgot all about the $500 gift card. Hey, there's nothing wrong with that. Okay, remind me where we're at in our in our steps and then what comes what comes next. Yeah, so we put out our ad saying, "Hey, we've got this $500 gift card. It's for any new hot tub. Here's, you know, some info about the hot tubs we carry. Click here to to claim yours." And so it takes them to a landing page with a form on it that basically just lets them claim their gift card. And so we ask for a name and email address most typically because it's a very low barrier to entry. Like we're not trying to filter people out at this point. We just want people to come into our system because even if they're not ready now, they might be ready two years from now. So I don't really want to turn anyone away from that. Uh, sometimes we'll ask for a phone number to get that extra you know, piece of contact information, but it will hurt your results the more information you ask for. Sure. I was actually researching some online retailers and things like that. And what I found was even just to get a brochure, they're asking for name, full name, first and last, email, phone number, state they live in, zip code. Like it was like they're filling out a mortgage application just to get yeah. a darn hot tub brochure, right? It's like, don't don't make it hard for people. Just make it easy, right? Give me your email. That's all I really need to send this to you. Like, why would someone need my phone number to send me a PDF brochure, right? Like right. You know, it just doesn't make sense, right? In the mind of yeah. the prospect, they just know that they're cattle. <laughs> Yeah. And we're all a little wary. I mean, we know at this point, consumers know what you're doing. They understand that this is a transaction. Like you were given, give me this information. I'm going to give you my information and you're going to email me for the rest of my life. Like they know that, yeah. <laughs> that they, you know, they know that's what they're signing up for. But yeah. yeah, the more information that you ask them for, the more they're like, I mean, yeah. Are you going to stalk me? <laughs> yeah. so are you going to look up my address? Like what, what's going on here? Like this is, this is a bit much. I don't want you to call me. That's for sure. Yeah, exactly. And so we try to keep it as easy and painless as possible to get this thing, right? Because naturally, if I'm going to send you a gift card, you would need my email address. It's very congruent with what you're offering. Right. So there's no, you know, Hey, wait a minute <laughs> with that. So we do that. And then that's where the follow-up begins. So we send them an automated email, basically just giving them the gift card. And, and it's just a very straightforward delivery email. And then after that, that's where the real, the real fun begins. So we can get into the, the follow-up there. Okay, great. So with the follow-up, um, this is very deliberate the way that I've set this up. And it has worked quite well for me so far. So what I found is that the more personal you can make your follow-up, the better it's going to do. So if it actually seems like a real email coming from an actual human being, uh, your response rate is going to go up considerably. And so I've secret shopped a lot of retailers out there. And what I found is the follow-up is typically something like this. Hey, you know, we've got these great tubs. Want to buy our product? Here's why our hot tubs are so great. Uh, here's a bunch of pictures of our hot tubs. If you have any questions, please let me know <laughs> or something like that. Right. Yeah. And it's always so it's, it feels fake. Like it feels like it feels like it's a robot sending you an email and not an actual person. And so what I found with that is that uh, if you're leaving the ball too much in someone else's court, then they're probably never going to return it to you. If you're just if you say something like, hey, if you have any questions, please let me know you're leaving a lot of work on the prospect to figure it out. <laughs> Whereas you should be leading them through the process, right? Yeah. So what I found is that a very short and simple email, probably about 15 minutes after they claim the gift card, has worked really well for in terms of getting response. And so this is automated, totally automated, but it feels like it's coming from an actual human being. And it is what I would actually do if I had the time to sit there and type out 
a personal email to each person that emailed us, right? So it's it's not like I'm being disingenuous. It's that this is actually what I would do to start the conversation with someone if I had the time. So we're just automating that piece of it. And so what we do is we'll just send them a very short personal email uh, asking them a very basic question. And so the reasoning behind this is that if someone were to walk into your showroom, there's probably some questions that you would ask them to get the process started. You wouldn't just say, hey, look at my product. Look how great my product is. Want to buy my product? Like they would, You wouldn't do that <laughs> if someone came into your showroom, right? Oh my gosh, that's so awkward. <laughs> and you wouldn't start shouting at them about how great no. everything is. Right? <laughs> uh, you wouldn't do that. Hey, we've been in business for 30 years, family owned. Like no one would really respond very well to that if you just started shouting at them like that. And that's how a lot of your emails are probably coming across. And so what I typically do is if someone comes in and they say, hey, I'm interested in buying a hot tub, I would ask them a few questions to get the ball rolling to to figure out what kind of buyer they are, uh, what hot tub might be a good fit for them, what their price range might be, or whether they're even serious or not. And so the first question I almost always ask people is, have you ever had a hot tub before? And the reason I ask that question is because I'm going to sell to people very differently whether they've had a hot tub before or not. Because you know, if they have had a hot tub before, you might want to talk like a lot of people want a lounger the first time. They don't necessarily want a lounger the second time. Uh, yeah. they'll, they'll talk about filtration. They'll talk about chemical, you know, amperage on the pumps or something like that. You know, like they, yeah. they, they are more detail oriented or they, they kind of know what they want. Yeah, they know what they know what's worked for them and not worked for them for them in the past, and that's what they're looking for the next time around. Yeah, and so I always ask that question, and so that's what we do with email too. So if you signed up for a gift card, uh, you would get an email 15 minutes after you get your gift card email, where it's actually delivering the PDF to you, and then I would say, "Hey, Megan, uh, I just saw you were interested in some hot tubs from us. Have you ever had a hot tub before?" And that's it. That's literally all you send them, and so. The purpose of that is that you're you're identifying who is ready to have a conversation right now about a hot tub. And so if they're going to respond to that, it's because they are pretty serious about getting a hot tub, I've found yeah. anyway. And so anyone who doesn't respond, that's totally fine. You just throw them back in the pond and let them swim around until they're ready. But anyone that does respond, those are the ones that you really want to pounce on. And so then and they're also giving you selling information. Like this is information you can use to sell them. So that's the first thing. The next thing is, and I have templates for all this. If anyone's interested, they can get in touch with me and I'll give them all the, the templates I've created for this. So I have like a, a file put away with like all these kind of copy and paste emails that I send to people that uh, once I actually am having a real conversation with them, I'm not spending a ton of time, you know, customizing each email that much. I'm not really having to reinvent the wheel. It's pretty, pretty standardized at this point. And I found that it's yeah. helped me uh, manage pretty high lead volume at this point. So if they respond saying, you know, no, I've never had a hot tub before, or yes, I had one at my old place, but I want to get one for this place, then I get into some more detailed questions. So what I want to do now is figure out from the dozens of options that we have, which two or three are going to be good for them. Because what I also found is that people are always kind of hawking the brochure, right? How can I get a brochure in front of them? Get them the brochure and let the brochure do all the work for me. But what I found is that people don't really want a lot of homework to do. <laughs> so yeah. uh, they might go through this brochure and there's like 20 different things they can get, like all these different models, all these different options. Which one do I get? I don't even know. Like it, it just becomes overwhelming at a certain yeah. point and there's no prices yeah. in here. Like, sure, they may go through it and they may pick out one they like and it may be the complete wrong tub for them. So what I do is I'll typically ask a few more 
sorting questions. So the most common ones I'll ask them is, I'll say something like, great, you know, if you help me out with a couple details, I'll be able to figure out which tubs might be a good fit for you and get you some accurate pricing. Because they always want the pricing too, right? And they say, hey, can you just send me a price list? I never just send people a price list because they don't even know what they're looking at. (laughs) They don't even know what the price list means, right? So I'm never going to send them a price list. So I say, hey, great. If you could just help me out with a couple details, I can find the right tub for you and give you some accurate pricing. And so I'll ask, is massage important to you? Because what I found is that some people really like a powerful therapeutic massage and other, other people just like hot water to sit in. I've even had people say, I hate jets. I always turn the jets off when I'm in other people's hot tubs. I just want to sit in hot water, right? So of course, I'm not going to send them the most like souped up two or three pump, (laughs) uh, you know, one with the most jets. Like that's not going to be the right tub for them, right? So that's, that's one of the questions I'll ask. Another question I'll ask is, did you want one soon? And the other thing I'll ask is, have you thought about whether you'd want to pay cash or credit card or if you'd want to go on a payment plan? Because... And I always give a reason why I'm asking these things. If I'm asking, is therapeutic massage important to you? I'd say you could save a little bit of money if it's not, or we can sacrifice other features and get you a really strong massage tub if you're looking to save some money, right? So it's about customizing it for them. So they're really getting the things that are important to them. If I'm asking, uh, you know, whether they want to pay by credit card or cash or payment plan, I'm not trying to nose into their finances. And I know a lot of people are maybe hesitant to try and ask people that question, but I'm very upfront about it because I'll tell them straight up, hey, if you want to do a payment plan, I can get you a really great interest rate or I can get you a really great cash discount. Now I'm in, it's in their best interest and I'm trying to get them the best deal possible. It's not that I'm trying to, and it also tells you how serious they are because if they come back to you and they say, yeah, we have the money, we'll pay cash. Like that's a pretty serious buyer, right? Like yeah. if, they, if they've thought about how they're going to pay for a hot tub, that means they're ready to go and you want to yeah. pounce on those people. I like this a lot because I don't know, the older I get, I feel like the fewer decisions I have the energy to make. Do you feel like that? <laughs> Absolutely. People just want things figured out for them. Absolutely. I actually get kind of annoyed when I, I'm shopping for something and they then they expect me to tell them about their products. You know, it's, or it's like they want me to, to know what I want for these things. And I just I want to be like, no, I need you to tell me what I need. Like, please don't make me think about this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And I'm really glad we're re-recording this because my old process used to be get them from a lead and get them in the showroom. Just get them to come to the showroom and we're going to have that conversation in the showroom. But now I'm really glad that I've modified this because first of all, it saves time that I'm not having all of these like one-to-one phone calls or FaceTimes or having people come in to go through all this stuff. If we can just do it by email, it's a lot quicker and saves me a lot of time. But also getting people to come into the showroom is a lot harder these days. And so the more, the more I can pre-sell people by email, the better this is going to be for everybody. So I'm really kind of glad that I've modified my follow-up now because this, this has been working really well. And so And I found a lot of people are coming back to me with the answers to these questions. And then now you know exactly which tubs are going to be right for them based on the criteria they've just given you. They've basically sold themselves already. Well, and for a lot of retailers right now, they can't have anyone come to their showroom. You know, they they are shut down. And so, so yeah, any sales that they're doing has to be by email, has to be by phone, has to be by FaceTime or whatever it may be. And so, yeah, getting down to doing a Zoom or a FaceTime call in a showroom, while doable and can be done well, is is not going to be easy. And so being able to say, we've already qualified, you know, that these are the 
the two models that would probably be best for you. Let's just look at them and see which one you like best versus I'm going to wander around my showroom and like just exactly. point you at every single hot tub. And, you know, within 30 seconds, you're not going to be able to tell the difference between one or the other. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, it just, it just makes a lot of sense to whittle down as much as you can before you even get to that point, because it's hard enough when they're in the showroom and you don't know that information, much less when you're doing it over FaceTime or video or the phone. I mean, it's just seems very daunting. Yeah, exactly. And so and there's nothing worse than having someone come into the showroom and just wander around aimlessly and jumping from tub to tub. Like you really want to try and narrow it down so that you keep them focused. And so doing that by email is, is actually pretty easy when you start doing that. If they come back to you with their answers, then now you know whether they want one soon or not. And you tell them, hey, we've got some great deals on our floor models or we're clearing out some 2019 stock. We can get to you next week. You know, like it's very easy yeah. to now massage that deal. And then now you know whether therapeutic massage is important to them or not. So you really know whether to push jet power or not, because there's no point in talking to someone about how powerful your jets are if they don't even care about it, right? So, yeah. and if they don't mention energy efficiency, then there's no reason for you to bring it up, right? So you want to sell people on the points that they are interested in and what better way than to ask them. And then now you know how they want to pay for it so you can get them the best deal possible. So from there, at that point, now will I send them the brochure? Because now when they go through the brochure, they know what they're looking for and they know which ones you've kind of circled in their mind. What I'll do at that point is say, great, like, thank you for the info. That's really awesome. That helps me narrow it down quite a bit. And I may also ask like how many seats they're thinking of, because that's also very important too, like the size of the tub you're selling them. So most people will say six. Like I found like six is just the standard answer. And you go, okay, great. Sure. Six, six is the sweet spot. That's got the most options. Awesome. Let's go. So from there, you kind of can narrow it down and you, and you can say, you know, here's the brochure of all the available models. For you, I'd recommend either this one or this one because of XYZ, whatever whatever they've told you is important to them, that's exactly what you're going to repeat back to them. I would say, you know, if, if massage was really important to them, because this is real, like this week I had uh, a nurse come to me who's actually doing a lot of the COVID testing in our area who said like, my body's just beat up and I need like a massage to relax at the end of the day. And I go, okay, yeah. great. I have the perfect tubs for you because this one and this one have the best massage out of any tub that we've got. You can really hammer home the things that are important to them. And so I'll usually give them a couple options and then a couple of upgrade options. So for example, I'll say this six seat tub would be great for you, but if you wanted more space, then maybe you'd move up to the, the next model up that's got seven seats or something like that. So you give them kind of some tiered options at different price points so that when they're right. going through the brochure, they kind of have a good, better, best in mind. It's really important to do that. So they have a few options to look at and they can kind of, you're not taking all of the choice out of it for them because you don't want to say, here's the one tub for you. That seems a little bit like, what is he trying to push on me, right? <laughs> but right. but if yeah. you have a few options, then they're still getting some choice, but you've narrowed it down considerably for them. So it's a lot easier for them to choose. I know. So you're talking about the kind of the different options and the good, better, best as far as the as the tub goes. But I know a lot of retailers will package other things in with the hot tub. Um, are you doing that at this point too? Or are you doing that later as far as you could have these steps or this cover lifter or those kinds of things? Are you doing that in this process too? Or is that more of an end of the road discussion? Actually, that's a great question. And I don't want to say I have a definitive answer, but what has worked really well for me is to not bring it up until they do, because it's a nice okay. little back pocket thing that you have. And we always like, our standard is um, we have it built into our pricing that we can include step GFCI breaker, hydraulic cover lifter, 
and we'll also deliver and install as well. So okay. that's all built into the price. So what we're doing is like when you start giving people prices and at a certain point we will start giving prices, then we don't even mention that kind of stuff. And often they'll come back to us and say, well, does that include delivery? And now they've kind of anchored the price in their mind. So they're like, okay, the tub is worth $10,000. So what's delivery going to cost me? What's the cover going to cost me? What's the cover lifter going to cost me? And then you go, actually, I have some great news. That's all included. You know, it's kind of a nice like, oh, a bonus, right? It's nice to kind of keep that on the back burner and then you can kind of pull it out whenever you need to. If they never ask about it, then, you know, when we're giving them the price or when we're kind of working out the details, we'll tell them everything that's included. So we always do give it to them. It's just, you know, if they don't ask about it, then then there's no reason to really talk about it. We're, right now, we're just trying to find out the right tub for them before we talk sure. about anything else. We don't want to overwhelm them with information. Yeah, I know that's great because I got a little nervous when you said you don't bring it up because I'm like, but man, they really like need a step and they need a, you know, oh, they no, need a cover lifter. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I was like, oh man, like I don't want people going home without these things. So, so that's nice. That's great that it's not even, it's already included. They just don't know it yet. It's an added bonus at the end. It's like, yeah, a, but okay. wait, there's more. <laughs> you know, it's, sure. that, it's that, right? Yeah. Like from the infomercial yeah. days, right? But wait, there's more. Then especially probably with those second time buyers, if they have specific desires as far as, you know, I, I really want this kind of cover lift or I need a step that has a certain kind of handrail because I know I have a hard time getting in and out or, or whatever it might be. They probably are saying that right up front. Typically, yeah, they will if there's any special requests like that. I think there's a lot of temptation to try and jump on people and kind of pounce on them because they're afraid they'll run away <laughs> or, or something like or, or that if you don't sell them on everything right now, then they're just going to walk and you'll never hear from them again. And, and to some degree, that's yeah. true. Leads do go cold. They do forget about you. They stop being responsive. I think that's definitely a thing. But what I found is that if you're just really like cool and casual about the whole thing, like you can draw this out, <laughs> you can play it out, right? Like I'll have conversations with people over a few days, like where it's back and forth and we're having an actual conversation. It's not like, here's the full sales pitch and everything that's included and in writing like a full sales letter or something to somebody. It's more yeah. about just kind of a nice back and forth, easy and casual. And if they're responsive, they typically don't, you know, run away like scared squirrels. Like you can, kind of slow play it a bit and you don't need to kind of blow your wad all at once you can bring up the cover lifter later if you want to it's not yeah. not like you only get one shot at it although there is that honeymoon period with a hot tub so it's like if they don't buy the upgraded whatever within that certain amount of time they probably won't ever yeah no i just mean in the pitch right like sure, sure. there's no need to bring up all the extras right away it's yeah. kind of a, a nice thing to add at the end uh yeah so now that you've narrowed it down to a couple so i'll give i'll give them the brochure i'll give them the recommendations of the ones that i think would be a good fit for them and why and then I kind of sign it off with, let me know what jumps out at you and I'll get you an awesome deal. Now they are going through the brochure and they know what they're looking at. They see some pictures of it, all that kind of stuff. And then uh, inevitably, of course, they're going to come back to you and ask you what the prices are on, on, the, on those models. They'll say, hey, I really like the, the 6,000 model. Like, what does that cost? And now we can start talking about price a little bit. And so it's really easy now. So then now you can just say what it costs. You can tell them what the finance, if they told you they want to finance, you tell them the price and what it's going to cost them biweekly or monthly or whatever, and whatever financing deals you've got. You can talk about uh, whatever cash discounts you've got. If they told you they want to pay cash, now you're able to give them the price in a pretty casual way where it's not like you're trying to push anything on them or say, we've got a great sale, act now. 
here's what it costs. Normally it's this price, but it's on sale for this price. So now they're getting the deal and it's all, it's all great. Now you're not asking them if they want to buy. The next step is to ask them if they want to do in today's climate, what I'm pushing people to do is video calls at the moment. At this point, I'm not wasting a ton of time doing video calls with flimsy prospects. Like I'll only do it with someone who has gotten through this process and been responsive to me and seems like they're ready to go. Then we'll book a time to have a video call and just walk through the tubs. Or, you know, some people, because we're fortunate enough to still be open, they're, they're, they'll come in. And now it's not an hour long pitch. It's 10 to 15 minutes because they already kind of know what they want. They already know the price. They might be able to negotiate a bit of a better deal, but they just want to see it in person before they buy it and make sure they're making a good decision. And yeah. so that's really what it comes down to. So now you're not putting all this pressure on the one pitch you're giving them. It's, it's like a 10 to 15 minute conversation to close the deal. Yeah. So I don't want to throw us too far off this conversation, but I mean, when people are coming into your store right now, are you guys having to do anything in particular as far as social distancing is concerned? I mean, are you wearing gloves or masks or, you know, trying to stay six feet apart? Are, are you doing any of those things or having to do any of those things yet? Yeah, we are maintaining distance. So we're following the rules of the local government. So like we wipe down and sanitize anything before and after customers come in. Uh, we're okay. maintaining safe distance from them and not, you know, getting into close contact with them. I'm not like sitting in the hot tub with them like I used to. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, we are taking proper precautions that way. So it's okay. not. Okay. I mean, I assumed you were, but you never know. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah, for sure. We have to. It's it's necessary these days. So, you know, you mentioned that earlier in the call that you have had some success lately selling some hot tubs, I believe using video. Can you kind of Tell us about how some of those went and kind of how it worked out for you. Yeah, absolutely. So it followed the exact same process we just talked about, like word for word, everything I just said is what I did with these people. And, and then just pushed them to have a, a call. I arranged for a time with them and, and FaceTimed them. And so now they kind of knew what they were looking at. They had seen the brochure. They knew which models they were interested in and why. Um, they knew what they were looking for and what was important to them in a hot tub. So really, it was just a matter of me showing them the couple of models that I had recommended to them. And so we did kind of a compare and contrast, like uh, these are the differences between the two. I kind of got in and showed them around with FaceTime and kind of showed them all the features and outlined the color, like showed them the color because people really want to know what the color is going to be, sure. uh, show them the seating configurations. And the really great thing is that we can answer all their questions on the spot. So they're still going to give you all the same questions they would they would if they were in person. Like, what's the maintenance like? Uh, what do I do with the chemicals? Uh, you know, what what's it going to cost me in energy costs and all that kind of stuff, right? So it's all the same yeah. standard pitch. It's just a little weird to do it by FaceTime at first. But once you get into the rhythm of it, it's just the same as any other pitch. It's just that yeah. they're, they're not there sitting in the hot tub. Is there anything that you, in particular that you do when you're on a video call to make sure that they can you know, see things clearly? Or, I mean, are you holding the camera? Do you have someone else holding the camera? Are you using a, a selfie stick? I mean, kind of what, <laughs> what do you do to make it so it's not a lot of um, flipping things back and forth? And I mean, I would drop the camera in the hot tub. That's a given. Yeah. I mean, the first thing I do is acknowledge that it's weird. <laughs> so, <laughs> okay, yeah. so, like, as soon as we get on the call, I go, nice to meet you electronically. I know this is kind of weird, but uh, this is the way we got to do it these days. And and like, yeah. you just got to got to be fun about it, like and acknowledge it. Like it's kind of the elephant in the room that you're not there with them. So you kind of have to play it cool and just acknowledge the situation. 
And then from there, I just use my iPhone and I feel like the camera is pretty good. And (laughs) I mean, I'm not ready to invest in, uh, you know, expensive camera equipment just yet. But I mean, if things go on like this, maybe we will. But uh, (laughs) for the most part, for the right buyer, like uh, they just want to see that it's a real tub and that it's good quality and, and all that kind of stuff. And I felt like I'm able to still do that with a smartphone and we've sold a couple tubs this week just doing exactly that and without having to meet the people in person at all. Are you guys still able to order tubs? Or are you guys selling off of your, are you using your showroom as inventory right now? I mean, it's some people, they're not able to get new tubs right now. And so their showrooms are kind of there, <laughs> what they've got to offer people at the moment. Well, it's a whole mixed bag with retailers, right? Like where they're getting yeah. the tubs from and what they've got. 100%. So Right now, we're mainly selling off the floor, and that's only just because we aren't ready to place an order yet. So um, we are a Hydropool dealer, and they're okay. a, a Canadian company, uh, one province over from us. And as of recording this, their factory is still open because they're following all the government's rules and maintaining social distance, and they're allowed to stay open. So they are still producing and shipping and all that kind of stuff. I mean, that could change tomorrow, but as of right, right. now, they're up and running, so we could... And we will be placing a, a truckload order pretty soon. So, um, okay. but yeah, they're still good to go. So we don't have to worry about any border crossings or anything like that at sure. the moment. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like you said, it just it just depends on, on where you're at. You know, in some places, manufacturing for a certain products is shut down and that's just the way it is. They don't have a choice. And so, you yeah. know, kind of what you've got is is what you've got. Yeah. And so, but we are mainly selling off the floor, um, first of all, because we're just trying to still clear out some 2019 stock, but also um, a lot of people are just wanting them quickly. Like they just want a tub, right? And they don't want to wait six weeks or however long it'll take to get a a tub, right? So they just want, want something now. I do feel like if anybody's buying a hot tub right now, they probably want it right now. Wouldn't you think? Yeah, exactly. And so we're just, we're just selling off the floor and delivering off the floor and Figuring out it as we go along. So, are you having to when you are selling a hot tub off the showroom floor? Are people asking you more now about you know how is is this tub going to be cleaned before it gets, it shows up in my backyard? Or you know how are you going to handle being in my home? Are people asking those kinds of questions right now, or or not so much? So far, they haven't. I think they okay. just assume that we've got it all figured out, <laughs> and we do. I mean, like we're yeah. going to properly sanitize and clean every tub before we deliver it to people. Um, mm-hmm. We're in have the benefit of not really going inside people's homes. We're just dropping right. in the backyard. So I mean, we they don't even have to come out of their house. They can just watch us do it from the window. Like it's not like we have to be right there in front of them. So I right. think you know it's not really been an issue so far. And I'm certainly not going to bring it up unless they do. But we are taking the the precautions to make sure we're doing this safely. Well, and I imagine, you know, everybody has a different anxiety level when it comes to what's going on right now. And so I imagine that if you're someone who is overly concerned that you would probably, no matter what you guys did, they you would probably reclean it yourself after you guys left anyway. <laughs> right. Or, I mean, the really freaked out people probably aren't buying a hot tub at all. So <laughs> Exactly. I mean, you know, stay away from us. Yeah, for sure. But as long as you're cool and casual about it, I think other people will be too. I think if you lead the conversation that way and you just kind of stay strong for people, then they're not going to be too freaked out about it either. Yeah, I think I think you're right. They will take their cues from you to a certain extent. Yeah. Is there any steps and kind of the process that you go through that we have not touched on yet? Um, I think that pretty well covers it. I think if anyone is interested, I do have some like templates for the follow-up with online leads. If people want that, they can get in touch with me. They can 
send an email to ben at hottubleads.com and I'll send that to you if you just put templates in the subject or something like that. And I've also got a Facebook group for brainstorming some of this stuff if anyone is interested because I'm still figuring out myself. But I think the big thing going forward is trying to navigate sales now. And so having like an event sale or something like that. So we were planning to do one in May, but that we've kind of canceled that because even if by then we're technically legally allowed to do a big parking lot sale at the mall, you know, like I don't think the tone of society right now is going to accept that. So no, um, yeah, you definitely would have you would have terrible traffic. I think you could just count on that. Yeah. So what we're doing is working on a virtual event sale. So I'm kind of in the prototype planning of this right now. Um, It could totally crash and burn, but I think it's an idea to share with other people. But what what we're going to do is we're still going to order, you know, truckload or two of tubs and get them in the showroom. I'm going to record a walkthrough tour of each individual model so that when someone shows interest in that model, I can just send them that video kind of running through it as if I were doing the pitch at an event sale, just kind of doing that that way doing showroom tours videos and then also kind of holding office hours so to speak so everyone's using zoom these days for everything well why not for a hot tub event sale right so um basically just getting a premium zoom account and have our tablet and i'll sit with it all day and if someone pops in and walks in the showroom because we're going to give that link out to people then uh, they can ask their questions live and i'll walk them through the whole thing live with, instead of uh, recorded videos and just do it as if like you were that. standing in front of me. So we're going to see how yeah. that goes. <laughs> That's a fun idea. I like that. I mean, I, I, it's, there's no harm in trying, you know, I mean, I, they, like, what is the, what is the downfall of, of doing something like that? I think that's, I think that's a great idea. Well, yeah, I mean, we have to do something. I think waiting for this thing to be over is certain doom. And I don't think things are going to ever go back to the way they were a hundred percent trying to find different ways to sell remotely and get creative with your offers and the way that you sell to people, I think is really the way going forward. So we're, we're willing yeah. to experiment with anything. <laughs> people were already kind of lamenting home shows and those kinds of things were going to be a good selling tool in the future anyway. And and they may have just been completely killed off now. We'll see. (laughs) Certainly possible. I mean, I think about all the concerts I used to go to with like 30,000 people coughing on each other. It's like, it seems repulsive to me now. Like uh, it's hard, it's hard to imagine that that was the norm at one point. I know. You know, it's funny. We live, um, we live a little bit out of town and to get to our house, we have to drive by a fairly large casino, which is closed right now, which, and it's funny because it was one of the first things that ticked off our, to our daughter that something odd was happening because we drove past the casino and she's like, mom, where are all the people? Cause there's always people at the casino, you know, as every morning, Sundays, Saturdays, doesn't matter. Yeah. The casino is always full. And so she's like, mom, where are all the people? That's weird. Is that, is that Thackerville? The Riverwind Casino, right ah, outside okay. of uh, Norman, Oklahoma. Um, ah, okay. The only reason I know anything about Oklahoma is because of Tiger King right now. So, oh, do not even get me started. It's a bad thing no. for Oklahoma, that's for sure. Oh, well, yeah. Well, as I say, do get me started because we're just as obsessed with it. The funny, <laughs> okay, tangent about Tiger King, and then oh, I promise I'll stop. I'm sorry for bringing it up. I shouldn't have brought it up. <laughs> no, no, no. It's what we're all doing and talking about right now. It's fine. Um. So Winniewood is is south of where we live now. But when we first moved to Oklahoma back in 2011, um, we were moving out here from Arizona. And my husband moved out before I did. So I was still in Arizona getting our stuff packed up. And he came out here and, and started work. And so they put him up in a hotel in Winniewood. And he actually had 
nightmares about the tigers getting out. <laughs> no way. Wow. Yes, absolutely. Because, I mean, it was just this weird thing that everyone knew was there. And so, I mean, he never went to it, but he definitely dreamed that they were going to come and get him. <laughs> That's so funny. He's ahead of the curve on that one. <laughs> I, yeah, I, I, would, I would say so. Well, you know, it was his first introduction to Oklahoma, and he's like, what? What is this? <laughs> <laughs> Where did we move to? <laughs> oh, yes. Well, we had several of, of those moments, um, but we, we love it here. There's, we're not knocking on Oklahoma at all. Um, Seems great. Just some bad publicity for Oklahoma right uh, now. But. Yeah, it's a little, it's a little weird. It would not be the pandemic, a podcast during the pandemic without talking about Tiger King, though. I mean, I feel like that's a prerequisite at this point. Yeah, it's part of the culture now. <laughs> <laughs> what were we talking about before we started talking about Tiger King? I, I brought up the casino because in because you're talking about concerts. And so, you know, driving down there, you go past all these billboards for, you know, all the concerts they're supposed to be having every single weekend. And I'm just like, yeah, that's not going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, exactly. And and I think a lot of these big event sales that the industry has been relying on for hot tub sales to make their year, just it, yeah. it might not be that way anymore. So we have to work on things that are more digital and more evergreen and things like that. So yeah. um, if anybody wants some help with that, they can certainly reach out to me. I'd be happy to give them some free advice or if they you know want to get our agency to do it for them, that's totally cool too. But uh, happy to help any way I can. That is something we, we want to make sure that we do mention is that you you have the hot tub business, but you also still do the marketing and have the agency as a business as well. So that is something that you're that you're still doing. Yep, absolutely. And so uh, I'd love to help any retailers if they're interested, but uh, if they just want to have a chat and kick some ideas around, I'm happy to do that too. Because right now it's nice to just connect with other people in the industry and talk it out. Because I think yeah. we'll all die if we're just alone and not talking about this stuff and trying to work it out together. Yeah, I mean, and, you know, we started a Facebook group for that same reason as well. And so you should definitely post yours and ours and we can we can cross pollinate. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Absolutely. The more more conversations going on, the better, because I think right yeah. now we could be heading into a really great boom for our industry if we know how to handle it, because it's not like we're trying to take advantage of it. But if people are stuck at home and need some backyard fun, like that's what we provide. And uh, if we can find ways to bring that to people, then we're going to make everyone happier and stress-free and, and especially people in the medical community. Like I'm really trying hard to sell tubs to people in the medical community because they have, first of all, job security and second of all, stress, right? And they need, yeah. need relief from that. And if we can help them with that, then maybe that's our, our small way of doing our part. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and I think the thing is, is that, you know, talk about not taking advantage. I mean, the truth of the matter is most of the people in the hot tub industry one of the reasons why they do this and one of the reasons why they stay is because they they genuinely believe in these products and what they can do for people life. And so when we talk about de-stress and we talk about pain relief and we talk about all these things, it's coming from a, a real place. And, you know, uh, we all believe it because we all know it's true, you know, from the anecdotes that we hear from customers and in our own lives. And so I think that genuineness is something that can really kind of shine through right now. If true. you, yeah. If you, no, which if you do it right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I believe everyone should have a hot tub. I believe everyone deserves that. And if you have that attitude, then it's your duty to bring that to people if you can. Yeah. I have one last kind of tangent question for you, and then I will I will let you go. So, you know, here in the States, we've got, you know, all of these kind of relief packages for businesses that they've been working on. Is there is there things like that going on in Canada? Are they offering assistance to small businesses like 
like they're trying to do here? Yep, there are definitely things like that, like uh, wage subsidies and things like that. Because I think um, if people keep laying people off like that, it's going to put a huge yeah. uh, burden on the government to provide that right. assistance. And so if uh, they can even provide some subsidy to help keep people employed, then that's going to benefit everyone. So we run a pretty lean operation as it is <laughs> because we have four owners in the business. And so we're all working in the business as well. And so that takes the pressure off having to have a ton of staff. And right. um, we run a pretty tight ship. We so far have not had to lay anyone off, but I really feel for some of these bigger retailers that have many stores and they need to sell, you know, you know, five to 10 tubs every day or they're not going to make it. You know, it's just, it's, it's a yeah. hard, hard burden to, to bear. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, normally we would do the, the spa retailer five, but since it is uh, 1030 on a Thursday night, I, and you know, since we are in the middle of a pandemic, maybe not the right tone. <laughs> Fair enough. So I, yeah, so I think I think we'll I think we'll skip those for this time. And also, I mean, we essentially already made you answer them, and I feel kind of bad making you do the entire thing over again. <laughs> well, I mean, you can just like maybe append the recording to the end of. There you go. <laughs> the there you go. We, can, we can release it separate. You know, if you'd like to hear uh, Ben Spa Retailer Five, here you go. <laughs> yeah, bonus, bonus content. Thank you, thank you so much for doing this a second time. I appreciate it. I'm glad that we had a chance to update some of the things that we talked about before with, you know, in the context of what we're going on in the world right now. Yeah. Well, thank you for all the hard work you're doing and thanks for having me. And I, I really liked your content lately because uh, like on social media and stuff like that, because it's really giving a lot of hope to our industry. It's not all doom and gloom. Like there are people out there making it work and being resourceful and keeping on, keeping on. Right. So I, I appreciate that Absolutely. from you. Yeah, well, thank you. I mean, it's it's definitely hard and no one is denying that. But but yeah, I mean, there are people out there with some good ideas who are making things work. And let's all share those right now because we we need it to survive as an industry. And so now is not the time to be stingy with your information, I feel like. <laughs> yeah, I think the more people that are interested in hot tubs, the more everyone benefits. So I think we should all work together on that. podcast is produced by Spa Retailer Magazine. You can find it on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, SpaRetailer.com, and the Spa Retailer app. Please leave us a review and let us know what you think or email us at podcast at SpaRetailer.com.